Today is Thursday, September 14th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A key battleground state has made a decision on Trump. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe and leave a rating, please. And send us your thoughts, if you'd like. You can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. We're getting through the news of the cray here each weekday morning. Joining me now, help us get through it, Billy Hallowell, Tragons Phillips. What's up, gentlemen? It is Friday, Junior. What a wonderful day it is, too. I'm excited to be here, as always. Could you sound a little bit more excited, yeah. though? You're, I, like, you're like, yeah. I need more coffee. I don't know what to tell you people, okay? <laughs> anyway. On to things that matter. Yes, indeed. Kick this Friday, Junior, off. We have a lot to cover on the main thing. Trans surgeries are skyrocketing Charlene Aaron has more in a truly stunning report. And on the focus story, Chris Pratt's in the news again, kind of. Yeah, and for a good reason. You know, I always love when we see him in the news for a good reason. He honored the lives of those lost and killed during the September 11th attack. So we'll dive into what he was doing this week and why it matters. Sounds good. But first, we are going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Daniel Calvacante was captured early yesterday morning in Chester County, Pennsylvania. This is after nearly two weeks on the run. He'd escaped from prison after scaling a wall. And he was serving a life sentence, well, is serving a life sentence for murder. Was also accused of murder back in 2017 in Brazil. He was here illegally. The beginning of the end started for him when a burglar alarm went off. That brought all of these special units into the area and an overhead aircraft, a fixed-wing aircraft, using FLIR technology, picked up a heat signature. They ended up zeroing in on that location, but then a storm came through. They had to wait until in the morning, later in the morning, and they eventually zeroed in on his location and sent a dog in as he tried to escape. He didn't resist quietly, and they were able to apprehend him. Senator Mitt Romney of Utah announced yesterday he is not seeking re-election. He bashed both President Biden and former President Trump and called for a new generation of leaders. And the top election official in New Hampshire says he won't invoke the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution in order to block former President Donald Trump from the ballot in the state that holds the first primary in the Republican nominating calendar. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. So Mitt Romney not running, guys. They did not decide to invoke the 14th Amendment. A lot going on in politics. What do you guys make of that decision there in New Hampshire? At this point, everything feels so political and ruined and destroyed by politics that I think it's probably <laughs> a healthy thing to just let the process play out. Yeah, I think everybody keeps intervening and interfering in all these ways that it's just not helpful. So I think it's probably the right move forward. Mitt Romney, I don't know. I mean, is he going to try to become president again? I don't know what, uh, what's going on are, there. Some are saying that, but saying maybe he'll run on a different party. We'll see. Yeah. Man, I, I, Trey's <laughs> excited for the Romney campaign. Trey's really pumped for President Romney. <laughs> no, I, this is the thing. I, what I don't understand is why people like Romney or somebody like Hillary Clinton will just try and try and try. Even Donald Trump, maybe. If he, I don't know what's going to happen with him, if he's going to get the nominee, what nomination, whatever. Yeah. But 
I would just at a certain point be like, I would rather just go live my life. Like I've made so much money. I'm so I'm successful. I've written all the books I can write. I've I've milked this for all it's worth. Let me just go and be a normal human being. I, I don't know that Mitt Romney's got an enormous family. Just go spend time with all of your kids and grandkids. I don't, be I mean, a grandpa. Yeah. That would be me. That yeah. would just be me. Well, and he's a multimillionaire too. I mean, he guy doesn't have to work a day in his life if he doesn't want to right. anymore. So yeah, it's uh, you know, it's I guess just it, odd. It is odd, but <laughs> anyway, uh, a lot to keep an eye on, of course, as the election season heats up. But we are going to move on to a more positive story here. Actor Chris Pratt was honoring the lives of those killed during the September 11th attack. So what is the story here? Yeah, yeah, this is interesting because Chris Pratt often will go and do things that are patriotic. He'll talk about his faith. You know, we've covered a lot of these stories, but he took part in the Waves of Flag ceremony at Pepperdine University. This is something they do every September to honor the lives of those lost. And he also talked about 9-11 in a post sharing photos from this particular event that he was a part of. He ended up laying the final flag, and I'll explain a little bit more about how this whole thing works, um, you know, which was a significant moment to, again, remember the lives of those that were murdered during the attacks. What did he say about the heroes of 9-11? Yeah, you know, he first talked about 9-11. He put up this post you know, on Instagram. He said, it's a day that changed our world forever, but it also showed us the strength and resilience that define the American spirit. He went on to praise the heroes. He talked about the police, the firefighters, the first responders, and the people who risked everything to help their fellow citizens. He talked about their courage and their selflessness as being an inspiration to all of us. And it was just not, it's refreshing and nice to remember, you know, because 9-11 is one of those horrific events where we all remember how we felt, where we were, if, you know, for those of us who were around when it happened. Um, and yet we don't often, I think, reflect on all of those moments of courage and those heroes from that day. And so he did do a great job of sort of reflecting on that. Yeah. Why do you think it matters when people like Pratt decide to, because it doesn't seem right, this doesn't seem like a controversial thing, but why do you think it matters when people like him do engage and speak out? I think it matters because, you know, you don't you, with an event like 9-11, there, there's so many political undertones, right, and so many issues surrounding it. You don't often see people of his caliber going out of their way to take part in something like this. You know, the waves of flag ceremony, this is a Pepperdine tradition. They put out nearly 3000 flags in this alumni park on campus there. They pay tribute to all of the families, all the people who were impacted. And so he gave a speech there, um, and he, he talked also about those families. He said, you know, we also have to remember the families, those whose lives were changed and impacted forever by those attacks. And so we just don't get the kind of, you know what it is with Chris Pratt? It's the candor, right? It's He's very, if you remember that MTV speech where he talked about faith, which we've talked about on the show before, you know, he's just very open and honest about where he stands and what he believes, not just about faith, but again, about this country and how much, he loves America. Um, he talked also about how the the love of those family members and their coming together is a testament to the unbreakable bonds of love, which I thought was a, a powerful quote in the midst of, of all of it. Yeah, and hopefully it's someone who has influence who can maybe be a catalyst to help Americans come together in some way. I mean, it doesn't mean we agree on everything, but it would be nice to see us be able to come together. We talked about it earlier this week, Billy, on Monday on the anniversary of 9-11 about how I don't know if we think that the country could come together like it did on 
even if it was for a six months or a year where people kind of just said, all right, we're Americans first. And that's where our identity lies. I, I just think too many people hate America now and we wouldn't be able to do that. They'd probably look at something like an attack and be like, yeah, we deserved it. It, it just feels like that's what you'd get more so now than 22 years ago. You know, I was talking to someone earlier this week in my small group at my church. She's in her early 20s, and she was saying that she doesn't have any recollection of, of 9-11, obviously, and she was surprised even to hear that. Like, She's like, oh, my goodness, you remember that happening, and you remember the aftermath of it. And part of me was sad, not because she didn't experience 9-11. I mean, that's a horror that nobody should have to live through, but what came after it was so encouraging and so inspiring. And I think that's what's cool about Chris Pratt and others who are willing to stand up and to to remember and to commemorate the people who gave their lives, the ones who lost loved ones, because I think it harkens back to a time when we were united as a country. We were 50 states, millions of people who were bonded together by a shared experience uh, and a shared hopefulness. And I think we live now in a day and age that is so mired in hopelessness it's encouraging to see that bright light of, of, of someone reminding us of what we are capable of when we band together. Um, and then, of course, as a Christian, when we're, whenever there's something that we go through as a culture and it, we point back to God, we use it as an opportunity to point people to God, that's a win all around. So, yeah, it's an encouraging story to see Chris Pratt using his platform to elevate positive stories uh, and to, to try to point back to that light that I think we're so desperate for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Billy, anything else you wanted to uh, add on this one before we head on over to the main thing? No, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, this is random, but I think we should be praying for people like Chris Pratt, for people we know they're, they're professing Christians, they're in Hollywood. And, you know, we talk about this frequently, but I think it's actually like, you know, mark their names down, put them on your prayer list because this is a hard position to be in and you want people to be able to stay the course in an industry where it's really difficult to do that so they can continue to have a positive influence because we've even had moments with Pratt where we're like, what's going on? What's he saying about, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and so it's encouraging to see him doing this sort of thing and we want to see more of it. Absolutely. We'll do that. Appreciate you bringing that one uh, on the podcast today, Billy. Thanks. You're welcome. All right. The battle over transgender medical procedures on children is becoming a top issue nationwide. Trans activists, they're challenging state bans on gender altering efforts in federal courts across the country. If these courts reach different conclusions, the U.S. Supreme Court may ultimately have to weigh in. Charlene Aaron talked to Christy Sisson, and re who recalled the emotional pain she felt when her college daughter decided she wanted to become a man. That's today's main thing. Christy Sisson recalls the pain of her college daughter's decision to become a man. She started taking testosterone, and within six months, her voice had dropped. She had started growing facial hair. Eventually, she chose a double mastectomy. A new report in the Journal of the American Medical Association shows transgender surgeries nearly tripled in the U.S. between 2016 and 2019, the numbers rising from about 4,500 to an astounding 13,000. Researchers estimate those numbers may be even higher. And almost 8% of those patients were children between the ages of 8 and 12 years old. 
19-year-old Chloe Cole says she lived as a transgender boy for years before returning to her female identity. She testified recently at a congressional hearing on gender-affirming care for children. The gender specialist I was taken to, taken to see, told my parents that I need to be put on puberty-blocking drugs right away. They asked my parents a simple question. Would you rather have a dead daughter or a living transgender son? The choice was enough for my parents to let their guard down. After taking puberty blockers and testosterone, Chloe, who is suing Kaiser Permanente for providing gender transitioning treatment and surgery when she was just 15, now lives with regret. I look in the mirror sometimes and I feel like a monster. The medical professionals are pushing this because once the kids start taking hormones, they're on them for the rest of their lives. Mm. So this is um, a big money maker for the medical community. Mary Rice Hassan, attorney and policy expert at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, agrees. Putting minors on puberty suppressing drugs and then putting them on cross, what are called cross-sex mm. hormones, which are really toxic doses, high doses of um, hormones testosterone or estrogen, and then oftentimes leading towards surgery. And, and we know that this means once a kid goes down this path, they become a medical customer for life. Despite the trend, there is a growing resistance. More than 20 Republican-led states have adopted laws restricting medical care for transgender children. A Missouri law bans trans surgery for children and prohibits prescribing puberty blockers or hormones to patients under 18. That's also the law in North Carolina, where GOP lawmakers overrode Democratic Governor Roy Cooper's veto of several bills banning medical care for transgender minors. I'm thankful that the legislators here in North Carolina have acted on their conscience and have done what they could to protect youth from these awful drugs that um, are being given to children. Thankfully, the conservative majority made it happen. In Missouri and Texas, judges allowed the ban to go forward, while an Arkansas judge ruled against the state's legislation banning gender-affirming health care for minors. With many of these laws facing such lawsuits and higher courts disagreeing, Hassan and other legal experts believe the Supreme Court will ultimately need to weigh in. So even though you have those states doing that good work, we have an equal number of states, unfortunately, that have become very aggressive, where the attorney generals or the attorneys general from those particular states are saying, no, we think parents should be able to choose this, quote, gender-affirming care. And so they're trying to wrap it up in parental rights. She is looking for the high court to decide in those states' favor. What I'm hoping the Supreme Court will do when this lands again in their lap is to underscore the reality of sex, male or female. It's determined at conception. It can't change. The pressure to evaluate the science is building. The American Academy of Pediatrics has asked an outside commission to review the medical evidence for transgender medical treatment for children. Still, Hassan is suspicious because of the Academy's current policy. I'm not very confident simply because they, from at the same time they're saying they're going to do this evidence review, they came out and they said, well, we're supporting the, the policy as is. 
And our purpose in doing this is so that we can push back on any limits, any attempt to protect children from these interventions that have lifelong, irreversible consequences. As the battle wages on, Hassan says protecting the hearts, bodies, and minds of the nation's youth is worth the fight. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of people um, having the courage of their convictions, speaking the truth, reaching out to those who've been led down a false path and, and reaching out with love and compassion, but a willingness to speak the truth. Charlene Aaron, CBN News. All right, Charlene, thanks so much for that report. Appreciate it. Of course, this topic's not going away either, guys. I mean, it's just um, one of those things, unfortunately, we're going to have to deal with. So we'll keep tabs on it, as always, at CBNNews.com. All right, we have time for one last thing on the podcast today. We're going to take a look at Exodus 14.14, which says, The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Of course, this is in the context of... The Israelites fleeing Egypt, they're heading over towards the Red Sea, and Moses is encouraging them to tr to just relax, to just trust that God has this battle. And obviously that's specific to that situation, but I think it applies to us as well, guys, here today, in, in general, about letting the Lord fight the big battles. Yeah, we think we have to be the ones to like get out there and start yelling and fighting back and, you know, and sometimes we have to take a stand, obviously, but we need to trust the Lord first. And I think a lot of times we we get ahead of ourselves and yeah. don't do that. Yeah, that passage always reminds me of another passage in Isaiah, and I'm not remembering the, the exact reference, but it talks about how God keeps in perfect peace those whose minds are set on him. I think if we would just keep our eyes fixed on the Lord and keep our heart fixed on the things of God, uh, all the rest will fall to place absolutely all right good spot to leave it as always on the podcast this friday junior episode don't forget to get on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com you get news from a christian perspective there lord willing in that creek don't rise we shall return tomorrow with more god bless we will see you then have a great rest of your thursday <laughs>